Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Uh, the musical Scrooge. Musical Scrooge is one of our uh, favorites in our house. And Scrooge is visited by three spirits, the past, the present, and the future. And in the future, he sees him. He's, see, that was him in the future. And no one can see him. And he doesn't know he's the one in the coffin, that he's dead. And people are singing, thank you very much, because he's in the coffin. Now, at the end of the movie, when Scrooge has a change of heart, some of the same characters sing that same song to Scrooge. That's the nicest thing that anyone's ever done for me. It's very powerful, very moving. And that song is a family favorite of ours. That spirit of thankfulness, that spirit of gratitude, that is biblical. My name is Andrew Walter. This is my lovely family. We celebrated a wedding last month. I gained Jesse Moore as a brother-in-law. And our family is very excited. The, uh, in fact, here are some pictures from the wedding. At the wedding, my sister handed me a note. And this is, uh, she said, Andrew, I'm so thankful for the hundreds of hours I spent in the car with you on our way to youth group. I remember not wanting to get my license because I didn't want to give up my time with you. The conversations we had and the time we spent serving together shaped the trajectory of my life. You model a balance of strength and tenderness that reflects Christ's character, and you make me feel safe. You add value to everything you touch and passionately fight for the joy of the church. I'm so proud to have you as my brother. I work with the students here at Rockbrook. College down to seventh grade. We fill this room and we have a riot. <laughs> I am part of a great team that loves God and likes students. At our student service the last couple months, we spent time talking about boys and girls. We spent time celebrating the difference between boys and girls, being thankful for God's design, being grateful for the plan that God has for our lives. And I read a quote to our students from Dr. James Dobson. This is what he says. A male has up to 20 times more testosterone than a female which is why his play often involves running, jumping, roughhousing, grabbing hair, making loud noises, playing with cars and trucks and airplanes and tanks. He finds it really funny to pass gas. He likes to throw things and fire toy guns. Bang, bang. He'll shoot cucumbers or carrots or anything that looks vaguely like a gun. Testosterone is the driver for it all. It's the reason his mother who loves him dearly, has her hands full, trying to keep him from killing himself. He's a boy, after all. That's what boys do. Because the female brain is not subjected to a comparable surge of testosterone in the womb and beyond, 
its communicative and emotional centers remain intact. In fact, these structures will grow larger and would become better networked neurologically. A girl's corpus callosum is a rope of nerve fibers which runs from the left brain to the right brain. It is up to 25% larger than the males. It becomes an eight-lane superhighway capable of carrying great quantities of emotional information from one side of the brain to the other. For boys, it's a country road. <laughs> As a result, girls are more likely to become more expressive and emotional than most boys from birth. She will probably feel things more deeply and respond to subtle cues to her environment that boys are likely to miss. She will be far better at reading character and motives in others, although she probably won't be able to explain how she does it. She will also cry more often, even as an adult. Every man knows that, and he's typically rattled by it. She's a girl, after all. That's what girls do. It is so much fun to see our students respond with a spirit of gratefulness, of gratitude, it's so much fun to be around students here at Rockbrook who are discovering the plan that God has for them. Jillian is one of our students here at Rockbrook, and she said this, My friends here at church have always been so kind. It is their generosity and kindness that gets me through. Even when I feel discouraged, I realize that I can take on my problems and be happy through God because He gives me the strength to do it. It is powerful to see students discovering who they are. A man of God, a woman of God, designed by Him, created for a purpose and a plan. Some of the guys in my small group really related to something that I read to them. It was from a book by John and Stacy Eldridge. It is entitled Captivating, Unveiling the Mystery of a Woman's Soul. And this is what Stacy, the wife, what she wrote. You see, every little girl and every little boy has a fundamental longing to be loved. But oftentimes, the way this need plays out is very different. Each child born into this broken world is asking one fundamental question, but they are very different questions depending on whether you are a little boy or a little girl. Little boys want to know, do I have what it takes? All that rough and tumble, all that daring and superhero dress up, all of that is a boy seeking to prove that he does have what it takes. He was made in the image of a warrior God. Nearly all a man does is fueled by his search for validation, that longing he carries, an answer to his question. Little girls want to know, am I lovely? Twirling skirts, the dress up, the longing to be pretty and to be seen, that's what that is all about. We are seeking an answer to our question. When I was a little girl of maybe five years old, I remember standing on top of the coffee table in my grandparents' living room and singing my heart out. I wanted to capture attention, especially my father's attention. I wanted to be captivating. We all did. But for most of us, the answer to our question when we were young was, no, there's nothing captivating about you. Get off the coffee table. Nearly all a woman does in her adult life is fueled by her longing to be delighted in, her longing to be beautiful, to be irreplaceable, 
to have her question answered yes. Down in the depths of our hearts, our question remains unanswered, or rather it remains answered in a way that it was answered so badly in our youth. Am I lovely? Do you see me? Do you want to see me? Are you captivated by what you find in me? We live haunted by that question, yet unaware that it still needs an answer. With all that going on inside you, how do you keep a spirit of gratefulness? How do you keep a spirit of thankfulness to God and to others? That's the message that we're going to talk about today. Now, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving at our house was so much fun. We had, with our new brother-in-law, we played games, we looked at family photos, we watched movies, and, uh, and while we were playing games around the uh, kitchen table, I, I noticed that our family talks in movie quotes. We just talk to each other, just quoting, all we do is just quote movies, and that's how we communicate. Uh, do you do that? Do, does your family do that? So with you, I want to play a game with you, and I just want to quiz you a little bit on your Christmas movie knowledge. So I want to play an audio clip from a Christmas movie, and I want you to guess if you, if you know what it is. And I want to play this online as well. So it's just an audio clip. So you listen to this and see if you can figure out the movie. Here we go. I want an official Red Rider Cup in action to enjoy Wayne's Ball Arrow. This is going to be fun. A Christmas story. All right. Yes? I'm trying to find a gentleman doll. Me too, me too. Do you have any more in the back? <laughs> Jingle all the way. Oh, I can see it. Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. I love seeing the looks on your faces. Some of you just melt. I love it. It's a wonderful life. We are Santa's showers, building Santa's showers. We kind of separated our audience here. Yeah. Rudolph, that's right. All right, here we go. 1,200-year-old elf. You look pretty good for your age. Thanks, but I'm seeing someone in rapping. Tim Allen and Santa Claus. Good job. Sometimes the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. We kind of separated our audience again. The, the Polar Express. All right, here we go. It was Christmas Eve. Night was falling, and the lamplighters were plying their trade. Hey, 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 like the Rizzo kind of gave it away there. That's right. Muppets Christmas Carol. We got some Christmas movie buffs over here. I am Oh, you don't believe that, do you? Mm-mm. You see, my mother's Mrs. Walker, the lady who hired you. Say you're the best looking one I've ever seen. Really? Your beard doesn't have one of those things that goes over your ears. Well, that's because it's real. Just like I'm really a Santa Claus. I love you guys. Miracle on 34th Street. Alright. I can't seem to find my toothbrush, so I'll pick one up when I go out today. Other than that, I'm in good shape. Ah! Home alone. Which one? First one. Good job. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. 
The Grinch, starring who? That's right, that's that one. All right. I plan out our whole day. First we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then we'll eat a whole roll of Toll House cookie dough as fast as we can, and then, to finish, we'll snuggle. Best for last. <laughs> Elf! That's right. All right. Well, let's start the message. Oh, with all those Christmas movies, there is a theme of gratitude and gratefulness that run through each one of them. And it can be hard to be grateful when you are overwhelmed. How am I supposed to be grateful in this holiday season? The Bible says it like this, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And the key word there is in. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. It says in. I want you to circle that word in. There are a lot of things in life that you should not be grateful, that you shouldn't be grateful for. If someone gets cancer, I am not grateful for that. If a woman is raped, I am not grateful for that. If someone is treated unjustly, I am not grateful for that. We are not to be grateful for sin. We are not to be grateful for evil. We are not to be grateful for the suffering that comes from those things. In fact, to be thankful for everything, that's sick. To be grateful, to be thankful in everything, that's maturity. Why? It's because even in the darkest days of your life, there are always some things you can be grateful for. There are always some good things that you can be thankful for. No matter how dark the days, no matter how tragic the news, you can be thankful in all things. Write this down. I can always thank God for the grace He has shown me. Grace is getting what I need, not what I deserve. In fact, if I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be alive. Grace is God's free gift. Ephesians 2.8 I have been saved by grace through believing. You did not save yourselves. It was a gift from God. I can't earn my salvation. I can't bargain for my salvation. It's simply a gift, and that is grace. I can always be thankful for God's grace. God loves me, not because I deserve it, but because of His grace. God blesses me. He uses me and protects me, and He takes me to heaven not because of what I do, but because of His grace. It is a gift from God. In Psalm 103, verse 2 through 10, there is a list of God's grace given to me. I will not forget the glorious things God does for me. He forgives all my sins. That's grace. He heals me. That's grace. He ransoms me from hell. That's grace. He surrounds me with love. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender towards those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry. That's grace. He never bears a grudge. I am really thankful for that one. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins. That is grace. The air we breathe is a gift from God. I can hear, see, talk. That is a gift from God. And one way we express our gratefulness is through singing. In the Bible it says, make a joyful noise. And even pigs make a joyful noise when they eat. Sometimes when I sing, I like to sing loud. 
Don't worry about the key. Don't worry about the pitch. Just loud. Not pretty, loud. In fact, last week I was playing guitar and uh, Hannah was singing in front of me. And after one of the services, she turns around and she said, it's fun singing in front of you because she sings pretty. And I sing loud. Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come to God with thanksgiving, singing songs of thanks to Him. No matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult the days, you can be thankful to Him for the grace He has shown me. Write this down. You can also be grateful for the plans He has for me. You can be grateful for the good plans that God has for you. And life is not always good. Life is tough. And I am not wanting you to believe that the sun will come out tomorrow because the sun doesn't always come out tomorrow. There are a lot of bad things happening in the world all the time. Life is not always good, but God is always good. And His plan for your life is always good. And not everything that happens in your life is something that He planned. But everything that happens in your life, He fits into the plan. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I have good plans for you, says the Lord. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. A lot of people go around thinking that God is mad at them. God is not mad at you. God is mad about you. He loves you more than anything else. The only reason you are alive is because God created you to love you. If God didn't want you around, you wouldn't be able to take your next breath. You are alive because God made you to love you. He says, I have good plans for your life. And some people walk around thinking that God causes all their suffering. We worship a God who took on all of our suffering. Look at the cross. The Bible says he was bruised and crushed for what we did wrong. He was wounded for our sins. By the strips of flesh that were ripped from his body, we are healed. My sin, my guilt, my shame on him. We have a God who doesn't just suffer with us. He suffers for us. That is good news. God says, I have good plans for you. And God doesn't plan your sins. Uh, a lot of things that happen in your life are because of dumb decisions. And God didn't plan those things. And a lot of things happen because other people make dumb decisions. And God doesn't plan the sins done by you. God doesn't plan the sins done that, that are against you, that hurt you. You make choices. And God says, I can fit that into the plan. God looks at the dumb decisions that I'm going to make and he says, I can fit that into the plan. God has no plan B for you. He already knows the dumb decisions you will make. He already knows the dumb decisions other people will make. God's plan is a good plan. It's good for you. And he will take the bad and he will use it for good. How does God do that? It's simple. I don't know. God's plan for your life is greater than the problems that you're going to go through. 
God's purpose for your life is bigger than the problems that you bring on yourself. God says, I can fit that in. I can use that. I can even use the harmful things that people do against you. I can bring good out of that. God uses the crucifixions, and He uses the resurrections. When we go through a difficult time, when something hits us and we have no idea why it is happening, I want an explanation. I want to know why. Why is this happening? Why, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening now? Why, why? I, I, just, I just want to know. But explanations do not comfort. If my wife Annie were to drop dead tomorrow and somebody explained to me the reason why she died, it would not make me any less sad. Explanations don't comfort. What comforts is the presence of God. You don't need an explanation. My brain is too small to understand why God does what He does. And you're not going to know why most of the things happen in your life, so you might as well just stop worrying about it. Instead, you need to thank God that His grace is sufficient. His plan is good for you. Romans 8.28 We know that in all things, not just the good things, in all things, and not all things are good, God works for the good of those who love Him, and not everybody, just those who have placed their lives in Him and have been called according to His purpose. I don't know what you are worried about this holiday season. You may be worried about your finances. You may be worried about your health. You may be worried, am I going to work out these marriage problems? Am I going to get married? Am I going to get a job? Am I going to get made fun of again? Am I going to disappoint people? Am I going to get healthy? And you feel the tensions and the anxiety and the insecurity, and you wonder, how can I be thankful in a situation like this right now? If you put your life in God's hands, all things are working for good. You've got somebody that's on your side. You know, I don't know what has you nervous or worried, but I do know the antidote. The first is singing spiritual songs. The second antidote is praying. We are told to cast our cares, our worries on God. We are told not to worry but to pray. Philippians 4, verse 6. Don't be anxious or worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything. If you're not praying, you're worrying. And if you're worrying, you're not praying. Always making your request to God. Read this last part aloud with me. With thanksgiving. Circle that. That's the second way that you show thanksgiving to God. The first is by singing. The second is by praying. In fact, I want to do that right now. I want you to bow your heads wherever you are, even those listening online. God does amazing things through prayer. I want you to think about what you are worried about most right now. I want you to listen to this verse again. Don't be anxious or worried about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Always making your request to God with thanksgiving. So, I want you to say, 
God, you know the problem that I am worried about. I want you to mention it to him. God, you know this problem. It's got me upset. I'm stressed out about it. Then here's what I want you to do. Make your request to God. Take it to him right now. God, take the problem away. Solve the problem. Show me the answer. Show me the way out. And then say it with thanksgiving. So right now, in your heart, say, thank you for the grace that you have shown me, that you forgive me, you rescue me from hell, you surround me with love, you fill my life with good things. Thank you for all the gifts of grace. Thank you for the plan for my life, that it is a good plan. God, I want to thank you that with all the things that are happening in my life, You are working for the good. I love you. I want to fulfill your purpose. I love you, Jesus. In your precious name, amen. Hebrews 13, verse 5. I will never leave you, and I will never abandon you. Some of you have been abandoned by a father, boyfriend, girlfriend, a mate, a brother. God will never leave you. You may be hurt. You may be broken. But God will never leave you. The great musician, Itzhak Perlman, a violinist, one time he was doing a concert on, at Lincoln Center, and he walked out on stage, and he is crippled. He has to wear leg braces and use crutches, takes him a long time to walk out on stage, take the braces off, sit down, start playing. And as he got ready to play, a string broke. And everybody heard it break. The entire concert hall heard it break. So he either has to put those braces back on, get up, walk back off stage, get a new string, or go on the way he is. And as the great musician that he was, he played that entire concert with one less string. He played the entire concert on a broken instrument. And at the end of the concert, the entire audience rose to its feet in thunderous applause for this magnificent feat. They had just watched a man play the entire concert on a broken instrument. Itzhak Perlman said something very profound, and this applies to your life. Sometimes it is the artist's task to find out how much music you can still play with what you have left. Between now and when you die, how much music can you play for the glory of God with what you have left? You don't have the body that you used to have, You don't have the energy you used to have. You may not have the support system that you used to have. You may not have the trust that you used to have. Sometimes it is the artist's task to find out how much music you can play with what you have left. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. 
Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.